Yeah, uh, we back, yo. Sorry about that. I had to go on vacation because it's been a minute. I ain't had a vacation since the 80s, bro. Nigga, Josh, podcast. <laughs> the five was so overwhelmingly successful in my mind that you know, I was like, you know what? I deserve a break. I deserve a break. My bad, y'all. I didn't mean to leave y'all for so long. But we back. We out here, y'all. Episode six of the Scrap Cave. We doing a damn thing. Currently watching the Blazers and the Lakers. It's not looking too good for the Blazers right now. It's not looking too good for the Blazers, but I need them to win. Because my predictions on Twitter earlier, I am two for three right now. The only one that messed my stuff up was the Magic taking that ass whooping. And they held it down for three quarters, but they blew it at the end. But we back, y'all. So many things have happened this week and so many things have actually stayed the damn same. You already know what the deal is. We're going to get into a little bit of everything, but of course... We're going to start out with what I love the most. The Miami Marlins, y'all. The Miami Marlins are no longer in first place. And it saddens my heart. It saddens my heart. Baseball is still going. We had the 30-game mark for some teams. Today will be the 30-game mark for some. For some, not yet, because COVID is still fucking with baseball. But baseball is pushing through because they want that 60 games. And... Looks like I might be proven wrong, y'all. Looks like they may get to 60. So, shout out to baseball for uh, powering through no matter how many teams get COVID. All right, the rundown. AL East. My Yankees are no longer in first place by default due to COVID and the lack of games they've played. But shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays, man. The Tampa Bay Rays are 19-11, and 11, half game up on my Yankees. And they have about 10 pitchers on the disabled list right now, or the injured list as it's known currently. Two of which are their starters. Big starters, too. So the fact that they're doing this with 10 guys on the IL is super impressive considering the fact that it's a shortened season and this stuff is not within their control. But the fact that they have such a deep farm system and such a deep pitching farm system, more importantly, they're able to just plug guys in get what they need to get done. They were some of the innovators to the relief starter, which has helped them out tremendously this year. Their offense has given them just enough. Man, they're like an annoying, annoying team, man. They they hit just enough. They do just enough on the offensive side to take a lead. And once they get that lead, man, between the bullpen, the starters giving them what they need, and that defense behind them, man, they're doing a damn thing. So shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays, man. They out here doing it. And shout out to my voice cracking. Wow. Episode 6, and we still haven't hit puberty yet. I don't know what's going on about that, but we're going to have to figure that out. Yankees are in second place with a strong team on the IL as well. I swear to God, man. Stan is fucking useless. That contract was so terrible to absorb. I don't know why we did it. We could have had Yelich. We could have had Harper. We could have had anybody else who can keep their ass off the damn DL. This dude is strong as fuck. Brolic as hell, and he's clearly not on the the Rock Terramana workout diet because this dude is constantly getting hurt. Like the stupidest little injuries too. It just pisses me off. It pisses me off. I'm I'm over it. I'm over this guy already. He's done. Paxton, another dude. I'm over him. We're gonna get him for like nickels on the dollar next year because he's having a terrible ass season in his contract year. So thank you, Paxton, for getting us that discount early in the game. Appreciate you. The Orioles, who were doing the damn thing the last time we did it, are currently in second to last place because the bum-ass Red Sox are in last place. All I'm going to say is, good for you, Red Sox. Fuck your couch and fuck all the winning you had in the last decade or two. You're now back to the pieces of shit you were prior. That's a lot of hate, right? My bad. I didn't mean to... You're just being a Yankee fan. I am just being a Yankee fan. And I really just hate Boston, too. Not the city. It's pretty. But the fans, fuck them. The teams... Fuck them. It's your time to be shit again. It's your time to be shit again. Not Except for the Celtics. Yeah, Celtics out here. Woo! Celtics are out here. We're going to get to that later. And that's a touchy subject for my engineer. But you know what? Celtics. You did it, baby. You did it. You did it. I love you. All right. In the Central, Minnesota Twins are gaming half up on the Cleveland Indians that are still going strong, man. 17 and 11. I really didn't think that was going to happen. But shout out to that organization for being great. And putting those two dumbass pitchers that decided to go out and have a dinner and put their whole team in jeopardy and the whole season in jeopardy for that matter and sending their asses down to the minor leagues. Good for them. I hope they don't come back. 
And if they do, I hope they're humble as fuck and do what they got to do because that was some immature shit by a bunch of millionaires and that's kind of ridiculous. But good job, Indians. Of course, you wouldn't expect nothing less from Terry Francona as a leader of the organization. He's not going to stand for that shit ever. So the hell of a job for you guys, Indians. And shout out to the White Sox, baby. My dark horse, one of my two dark horses at the beginning of this whole podcast series. They are now 17 and 12. They are two games back of first place. They are square in the middle of a 16-game playoff spot. So fantastic for them. And that offense is fucking crazy. The offense is a problem. You don't want to see those guys in a short series. Not with the amount of home runs they can hit. Abreu hit six home runs against the Cubs in a series. I'm going to say that again. Six home runs in a series. In a series. And he's their first baseman. He's the elder statesman of that team. Bro, Eloy Jimenez is a problem. Mancada is picking right up where he left off last year. And you got my man Robert Ruiz straight out of Cuba, baby. Woo, shout out to the Cubans in the world. Doing a damn thing and being better than the hype. That's hard to do. That's some Luka Doncic shit right there, but we're going to get to Luka later. Luka the God. Luka the God. But shout out to the White Sox holding it down. In the West, A still on top, man. A still in first place. Not surprising at all. That organization just does it year in and year out, much like the Tampa Bay Rays. Very small payroll, and they just do it, man. Farm system, scouting, development. They just do the damn thing. They're impressive year in and year out. The Houston Astros, those bastards are still in second place. It's just too much talent on that team to not at least make the playoffs, man. Their pitching is going to let them down. Shout out to Granky though. Granky's out here straight balls out, telling you what he's going to throw, and it's still working. Still working. You got to love the audacity of a man like that. But that just shows you how much of an alpha that guy is. That he's just like, fuck it, hit it. Try it. You hit it, you can name it. Yeah, if you know that reference, you're a movie head. If you don't know that reference, watch Major League, please. Do that to yourself. And if you like it, go to part two. It's really good. But yeah, that's the AL West. Sitting in last place. Have to give them a shout out as well. The fucking Los Angeles Angels. I don't care about the Angels. I really don't. But here's what I will say. Mike Trout. Mike Trout, this team drafted you. You came in straight off the gate, leaving your mark. Within the first two to three years, you were recognizably known as the best player in the major leagues. You're a certified Hall of Famer before this year. If you stop playing before this year, you're a Hall of Famer guaranteed. You have an opportunity to play your contract out and tell these dudes, you know what, you have done nothing for my career when it comes to the playoffs. You've never put a good team around me. You keep spending stupid money on stupid washed-up players. I'm out. I'm going to go get this blank check from every other team because every other team that had the space or would have not minded going over the luxury tax would have paid your ass exactly what they paid you. You might have even got more. But no, what did you do? You re-upped because either A, you're super loyal or B, you just don't want to be in a market with pressure, with fucking the press all up on your ass when you're not delivering. And you don't want to deal with none of that shit. You just want to be in Cali, hanging out, living a good life, and you got them to cut that check. So you know what your ass is going to get? Your ass is going to get 10 more years of no motherfucking playoffs. No playoffs. Rendon's chilling because he got a ring. He might bring it in and show you every once in a while for you to just get super tight about. But your ass is not making the playoffs anytime soon. And if you do happen to get there, your ass ain't going to the World Series. So make sure that you remember this year, Mike Trout, because 16 teams are getting into the playoffs. And if your team ain't one of them, while you're still the best player in baseball, fucking shout out to that. Hope you enjoy that money and hope you enjoy watching other players, lesser talent, Less money, but they get into the playoffs. They making their mark. They getting a shot at the World Series. They getting a shot at that ring and at that trophy and at a legacy. Because your ass, your only legacy is going to be greatest player to never do nothing in the playoffs, certified Hall of Famer. So, hope you can live with that. I can live with it, certainly, because I don't really give a fuck about you personally. But I hope you can live with it. So, shout out to you making your money and never, ever, ever seeing the playoffs unless it's on TV. And the NL... Since I always forget them. NL East, we got the Braves. Two games up on the Marlins. And that's only because my Marlins have only played 22 games. But they've been COVID-free since they got back. They're balling. 
They're getting some of their COVID players back. I don't know how the hell they're doing it. But you know what? Shout out to the Marlins because they're in the playoff hunt. And that's all we can ask for my man Derek Jeter and half the Yankee staff who he took with him that's now making up that organization. So shout out to those guys for still doing a damn thing. The bum-ass Mets are in third place. God only knows how that's happening. But at least they're giving my guys, all my Mets play, all my Mets uh, fans some hope. So hooray for you. And the damn Phillies. Woo! Because it's always sunny in Philadelphia unless you're a sports fan. <laughs> Fuck that niggas. The Philadelphia Phillies are in last place. Joe Girardi is wishing he was back on MLB Network just watching the games and giving his opinion because he has zero bullpen. They made a few trades this past week. They got three new bullpen guys. And what do they do? They put one of those guys in and he proceeds to blow a fucking lead and they take an L. Granted, they got a L. They got a dub yesterday, but that was on some lucky shit on a close pay at the plate, which he probably shouldn't have went anyway because they would have had runner on third, which would have been the go-ahead run, and they kind of blew that. So, Or the time run, sorry about that, but they blew it. So lucky ass, they got the win there, but that bullpen is trash. Doesn't matter how many points or how many runs they score, guys. The Philadelphia Phillies are certified stuck in last place, and it is phenomenal. In the Central... Nothing's changed. The Cubs are still up. Three games on the Cardinals. The Reds are five and a half out. Everybody else in that division, it just really doesn't matter. In the West, the Dodgers have righted the ship. They have surpassed the Rockies, who held it down all the way up until episode six, which is this episode. And they are now currently in first place, four games up, on a four-game winning streak, doing the damn thing. But who's in second place? My dark horse. The San Diego Padres, baby. That's right. The San Diego Padres are on a seven-game win streak. They're in second place at 16 and 12, or sorry, 18 and 12. And my man Fernando Tatis Jr. is doing the damn thing. Offensively, defensively, he's doing the damn thing. Machado had a fucking walk-off home run yesterday. They hit six grand slams in six consecutive games, which is fucking astonishing. That offense is littered with hitters all over the place. The pitching, again, I'm going to say this again. The starting pitching is doing their thing, and they don't even have their top two guys who are still down in the minors with a top three bullpen coming into the season. They struggled in the beginning, but they are out here doing the damn thing. So shout out to them. But shout out to baseball, more importantly, pushing through, giving us something to watch other than basketball, which, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. If you get a sick of basketball, I personally don't. But for those that do and need something else, hey, they're delivering, man. They're delivering. But on a sadder note, we have to give a warm goodbye, see you later, to Tom Brenneman, the Reds broadcaster, who inexplicably got got uttering a gay slur while thinking he was still offline. Now, I don't know much about the broadcast booth. I'm not going to front and act like I'm an expert there. But what I do know or I'm going to assume, is that there's a light somewhere that you look at, and there's probably somebody in there that cues you like, hey, you're on the air. Just like when I'm about to get queued up, my engineer hits me with a boop, 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 and I know I'm going. Right? So this guy missed the cue. Call the metronome. The metronome. All right, there you go. Well, learn something new today, ladies and gentlemen. This guy missed his cue, and for some reason was engaging in a conversation that allowed him to be comfortable to utter a gay slur to another individual, right? That shit in itself is mind-boggling. But what's more mind-boggling is that this is your profession. So you know at any time you could be recorded. You could be on air because this is your job. You're in a broadcast booth where all you do is talk to the fans. So why would you even put yourself in a position to say some shit like that? If you're having any kind of a conversation that has nothing to do with baseball, you should shut the fuck up. And if it has something to do with baseball, you definitely shouldn't be using a gay slur in any way, shape, or form. Whether you're homophobic or not, you should shut the fuck up because the person you could be talking to could be gay. You don't know. Or he could have a gay person in his family. You don't know. You could have a gay person in your family that you don't know about. And clearly you don't know about him because you are a homophobe. Pretty clear. Pretty clear. So thankfully... They took this man off the air ASAP. Good for them. Good for the Reds. And this dude also cost himself some football money because apparently he was doing football for Fox. So good for the NFL for not being the total scumbags that they usually are with that stuff. Good for the NFL for that. And shout out to him because now he's got to go and do the whole, 
you know, I apologize, Circuit, and act like he really loves the LBGTQ, LBGTQ community. Give all his apologies and all that. And really swear that anybody cares a fuck about that. They're not. It's stained. They're going to remember that shit forever. And now he's going to have that hard lesson. Shut the fuck up until you leave the booth, you're in the car, and then say whatever the hell you want as long as nobody else is around you. Because at the end of the day, if you're talking to yourself, it's not a bad thing. But when you're talking to the world, if you're on live, you got to know what you're saying. I can say whatever the fuck I want on this podcast because I got somebody who can cut that shit in a minute. But I don't say stuff like that. Why? Because I love everybody. I love everybody because I got a bunch of different people in my family. All types of shit. So, yeah, and it's my podcast too. It's our podcast, okay? This is an organic thing. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, shout out to the Reds for doing the right thing. And way to go, Tom Brenneman, for being an asshole and costing yourself a bunch of guap for just not knowing how to just shut the fuck up and follow the cues. Follow the cues, man. That's all you have to do. It was that bad? I didn't hear it. They didn't say what really happened. They just said it was a homophobic slur. He was the second broadcaster to get got for, some, for saying some inappropriate shit. Somebody else used the N-word. It's just a bunch of ridiculous shit. 2020 is just a fucking wash, yo. A goddamn watch. People are losing their minds because they've been cooped up for so long. It I is what it go is. Back to 1996. Oh, 19, that was a good year. Oh, oh, Miss Pearly. Oh. All right. Anyway, we out here. We're gonna come back with some football. We're gonna come back with some basketball. And right now it's second quarter, 43-25. Portland is getting their ass whooped, and they have zero answer for this Lakers defense. It's kind of crazy, y'all. But we'll be back after these messages from the sponsors that we still don't have. Damn, we still ain't got no sponsors, man. Hopefully my pop, he's he's here today. Shout out to my dad. Hopefully he can get us some sponsors, some something. Man, can we get some like casino sponsors or some shit? I need somebody to sponsor this motherfucker. Maybe I need to stop taking vacations, right? Damn, I am. I got myself. All right, we'll be back, y'all. Thank you for coming through. Holla. Nobody holla back. So we back. Wait, is this recording? Baseball. All right. Nobody holla back, y'all. So we back out here. Lakers is putting it on the Portland Trailblazers. It's not looking good for the Trailblazers. Fucking Charles Barkley done jinxed the Trailblazers by guaranteeing it. Killed it. Absolutely killed it. Ah, Hi, man. Here we go. NCAA football. Nothing new. Hold on. My dad's putting a drink order right now. No, you good. What you want to drink? No, I'm good. All right. My dad's not putting in a drink order. Back to the NCAA football. So, the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, we're going. That's it. Football is going to play. It's going to start. They're going to try it. There's been nothing on protocol. There's been nothing on what they're going to do if somebody tests positive. So, none of that has changed. The NCAA is kind of just going with it. The Big 10, led by Justin Fields, they try to get a petition going to have... The ruling overturned, and the Big Ten came out and said, that's dead, our decision is final, and we're staying with it. So good job for them, because at least they're caring, or acting like they're caring, about the student-athlete, quote-unquote, student-athlete. So nothing new there. We're going to see what happens when the season starts, which will be starting soon. Um, No updates from camps as far as how that's going, or if there's any new positive testing, et cetera, et cetera. They're pretty much keeping it a tight lib, so that's pretty much... In line with what the NCAA usually does. Shout out to football still being the scumbags of the world when it comes to higher education. Whatever that means. Speaking of higher education, that shit is a lie. And the NFL continues to prove that. So, NFL, full go. We're going to have a season. It's going down. Training camps are starting. We got Hard Knocks featuring... Uh, the Rams and the Chargers, nobody really cares about it. But, I mean, it's interesting so far to an extent. Uh, two, actually three episodes in at this point. I've seen the first two. They're uninspiring to say the least. Uh, we'll check out the third one shortly and let you know how that goes. The uh, stars of the first two episodes so far, Sean McVay and his awesome energy as a coach, young head coach. Um, shout out to ESPN trying to poach him, by the way, from... His current position as the head coach of the Rams. I don't know why they thought he would leave. He's young as shit, making a ton of money, and he took a team to a Super Bowl uh, two years ago. So there's really no reason for him to leave. But he's gonna need a new quarterback very soon because Jack Goff is super overrated and super overpaid. So good job for that man getting his money quickly. 
The Chargers, not a big deal. Nothing jazzy about them. Uh, Joey Bosa is really not a kind of guy that you want to feature because he just doesn't have that kind of charisma. Uh, Melvin Ingram is kind of going through a contract dispute. He just got his well, this year guaranteed fully, so that's good for him. But, I mean, outside of that, they really have nobody currently on that roster that kind of gives you good vibes and you want to watch week in and week out as far as uh, Hard Knocks goes. Since there's no preseason, there's no cuts, um, at least the cuts the traditional way, so I don't really think that shit's going to guarantee uh, garner much steam as we go forward. But shout out to the NFL for at least doing it, having two teams in a ginormously beautiful new stadium. That's not going to have any fans, so good luck taking that out. But... NFL has provided us no shortage of material to talk about. Thank you. The Seahawks recently cut their cornerback who was in the hotel for training camp and decided that it was going to be a fantastic idea at the start of training camp to try to sneak in a girl wearing all kinds of Seahawk para into his hotel room, which was against the rules, by the way, so that he can get some buns. A day or two into training camp? Now, I'm not an expert or anything like that, but that's fucking stupid. You are fighting for a job knowing that there's no preseason football, no preseason games to show what you can do against other opponents. So you're going to have to rely on your practice film and what you do in team meetings and what you do in inner squad scrimmages and maybe if they allow certain teams to travel to certain camps and have, you know, preseason practices uh, where they go live 7-on-7, 11-on-11 and they can see how you react on that. And that's the body of work that you're going to have to work with in order for you to get an NFL contract for this season. But no, no, you say, fuck the money, fuck the rules, I need buns. What? What? This talks to a larger problem within the NFL and NFL players in general. We're going to get into that in a minute, but... Shout out to that fucking guy for getting fired on his day off. He got fired on his day off. Nigga said they got him on camera stealing boxes. Because he's trying to build a clubhouse. A clubhouse to get some buns. And he didn't get the buns. And he got fired on his day off. Damn. Damn, you dumb. Anywho. Shout out to that guy. The Ravens gave no fucks. And release my man Earl Thomas because he went and punched his teammate in the face because his teammate yelled at him for blowing the coverage in practice. Now, this was apparently part of larger issues that were going on with Thomas that were not reported earlier. Missing team meetings, being late for a bunch of stuff, missing blown assignments all over the place. All of which, and this guy still a top 10 safety on guaranteed money who they just signed last year, they have Super Bowl aspirations, but they said, fuck your couch, you punch a nigga in the face, and so we don't appreciate that, so our leadership committee has decided that you are voted off the island. Not the general manager, not the VP of player personnel, no, 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 no. The leadership council of the Baltimore Ravens was like, yo, bro, we don't want you in our locker room no more, and even though we're players like you, we hope your shit gets voided. And which, that's what they're trying to do right now. They're trying to avoid this man's $10 million guaranteed dollars for conduct detrimental to the team. Now, if you saw Hard Knocks last year, you saw the Raiders, and you saw my man Antonio Brown, right? That's shit detrimental to your team. Not coming to practice, then you come to practice and you got blisters on your feet for being an asshole, then you can't practice. Then you're recording conversations with your head coach and you're posting them on Twitter. You're tweeting all kind of crazy shit. You're refusing to go to practice. Then you're refusing to wear a helmet, all of which to hope you get cut, which you successfully did, and fucked up all your guaranteed money to then go to the Patriots and get cut from that shit too with no guaranteed money. But, okay, 
sure. That's conduct detrimental to a team. Um, punching a teammate in the face while wrong, while unproductive for team morale, is not fucking conduct detrimental to the team because you're a bunch of grown-ass men and you know what? If you blow an assignment, you should be man enough to acknowledge that. So that was his fault. Now, if his teammate allowed himself to get punched in the face, well, then you know what that is? That is a lack of awareness for putting up your hands. If you ain't got no hand skills, then yes, your ass deserves to get punched in the face because you a grown man and he a grown man and he didn't punch you in the back of the head. He punched you square in the motherfucking face, which means you saw it coming. That's not his fault. That's his teammate's fault. That shouldn't cost you 10 mil. That should cost you like $50,000 in a fine. That may cost you some medical bills. The dude needs some surgery. But 10 mil? That seems a little exaggerating. I'm just saying, that's fucked up. That's fucked up on the leadership council. That's fucked up on his teammate for not being like, my bad, you have seniority. I should have been able to put my hands up and saw that shit coming. And that's fucked up all around. But Earl Thomas is going to land on his feet. Dallas Cowboys are the favorite as of right now to land his services. But I wouldn't be mad if San Francisco went and scooped his ass up to pair him with Richard Sherman. Because we need what he does. Organized chaos. We need that. I don't care what kind of problem he is anywhere else. He ain't a problem off the field. So if it's a problem in that locker room... My money's on Richard Sherman to keep him in line because we just went to a Super Bowl and he gets to play the Seattle Seahawks twice a year, which I know would be a bonus for him. So my dark horse for his services, the San Francisco 49ers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are acting like these motherfuckers are guaranteed to win the Super Bowl because they have Geritol as TB12 throwing practice passes to Gronk. And a defense that was super trash in the secondary. Not the front seven, but that secondary was mm, not that great last year. But now all these reports are coming out. Tom Brady looks great. Tom Brady looks amazing. Of course he looks fucking amazing. You can't hit him in practice. You probably can't even chase his ass in practice. Because if he takes more than four steps in opposite direction, he may fucking disintegrate because father time is unmatched and undefeated. You don't believe me? Ask anybody else that's tried to play past the age that nobody else has. At some point, that shit ends quick and that shit ends horribly. So shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for gassing up their fans, especially my man Eric Hymas who is so hyping about that life that this dude has everything Tampa Bay paraphernalia-wise that you can imagine, and he's from Mexico, y'all. That's right. I got a Mexican really good friend that he loves the Tampa Bay Oregon. Buccaneers. It's amazing. It's amazing. My... Oh, yeah. From... Look at that. He is super confused, but shout-out to my crew for being super diverse, and shout-out to the NFL for wilding the fuck out but here's the larger topic i wanted to discuss because we're gonna get into fantasy football in another podcast and since training camp is pretty quiet there hasn't been anything significant except for today the browns lost their top draft pick Delpit from lsu probably torn his achilles sucks for him man he was gonna slay to start dude had a hell of a college career so feel bad for him definitely but hopefully you know quick recovery and he can get back on the field next year and make an impact. Also, the Raiders, uh, their big receiver from last year, Williams, has a torn labrum. Don't really know how much that's going to impact them moving forward, but John Gruden will figure it out. He'll find a way. Other than that, everybody's peachy king. Hopefully, Des Bryant gets a job with the Ravens or somebody else. But other than that, man, it's whole hum for the, for the NFL. But here's my bigger issue, because not only did that idiot from the Seahawks get cut but then you have my man Geis former LSU running back currently with the Washington football team because we can't call him the Redskins anymore this dude just caught two cases of rape 
at LSU, which happened back when he was playing, and reportedly they reported it to the campus and nothing was ever done. So of course that's gonna be a big fucking thing. Good job, LSU, for that's blowing. That's what happened at Penn State. That's why they changed the law. That's exactly what happened at Penn State. And LSU just won a championship. They're riding high. And now they're about to get rung through the ringers because they didn't take accusations seriously, which comes after Michigan State botched their fucking shit with the gymnastics team, with the fucking football team. So you would think these people would learn their lesson, right? But no, they didn't. So this guy got in trouble, got arrested, got cut by Washington. And then it comes out that this guy now has a two-body count as well in LSU. Now, again, it's all allegedly... We don't know the facts. They, they'll come out as they come out. But all I'm going to say is... Hashtag me too. <laughs> yep. Me too, man. It's a real movement. Guys, if you're not paying attention to that shit, please do. Because shit is real. College football, you have to be there for three years, right? So you're getting educated for three years in our academic institutions, right? Our American education system. It's according to fucking Trump. We are the best country to ever... Do it, right? Which is a fucking lie. And what proves that it's a fucking lie is NFL football players. Now, I am well aware that it is a very minute percentage of NFL football players that fuck up, right? But you know what? Compared to basketball, compared to baseball, and I know baseball is a bad example because they have like five black players. I know it's more. I know it's like 30, but I'm just saying for the sake of like whatever, who cares? They don't talk anyway, so nothing bad ever happens to them that comes out in the public for baseball. It's the Latino players that get caught with domestic violence all over the damn place in baseball, which shout out to the damn Hispanics fucking up with domestic violence. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know you're not supposed to be putting your hands on a woman. Like, stop being a dick. But anyway, football players, three years on college campus. That's three years if you just go regular academic semesters. So that's two semesters a year for three years. Mind you, most of these guys are stuck on campus in the summertime taking summer classes, which is why most quarterbacks graduate in like two and a half years and start working on their masters. So do linemen, so do many other college football players that take advantage of the free scholarship, the free tuition, and the free classes. The only good thing you get for being an NCAA Power 5 football player, right? Besides the traveling and all that jazz, if you get to a big bowl game, you get the perks and the little gift bags, fine. But they're on campus for three years. And in those three years, those guys don't find a circle to surround themselves with, to insulate them from the dumb shit they can get into that will fuck up their money in the NFL, which already isn't guaranteed money. Now, these guys are watching the same sports shows that we are. You got your ESPNs, you got your Fox Sports, the same people giving you the same information, the same hot takes after semester after semester of people fucking up. And they still can't get this fucking shit right. Now, is that a cultural thing? No. No. Is it a sports thing? Yes. Yes. Because LeBron James proved just along with every other black NBA player that hasn't died from a cocaine overdose, that they can get their shit together and do what they have to do, right? Because if you're not a black basketball player who has passed away from a fucking crazy-ass medical condition a la Reggie Lewis, or a cocaine overdose a la Lim Bias, who could have been Michael Jordan 2.0 or could have given Michael Jordan some battles back in the day, you pretty much told the fucking line, the leaders of the locker room keep you in check, and you know, hey, don't get in trouble, because this league's going to kick your ass out. There's no four, fifth, and six chances. You get one, maybe two in a pass, and after that, your ass is out. No, not the NFL. This ain't spades, nigga. It's spades. It's always spades. <laughs> the NFL, these guys coming, three years of the American education system, dumb as fuck. They come in as rookies with no guarantee money unless you're a first-round guy. And these guys still go commit some of the dumbest acts you can imagine in the offseason, during the season. When all you got to do, COVID, pre-COVID, post-COVID, stay your fucking ass home. 
Don't go to the club. Send your man to the club. Bring the girls back to you. Be respectful to the girls. Respect them. They respect you. Y'all have a good time and you go play your game on Sunday. That's it. You're going to go out to a club. You're going to be with a bunch of thugs. You're going to get shot. You're going to get into a shooting. Your ass going to get suspended. You want to get drunk. You want to mess around with a girl you don't care about. You disrespect. Now you slap her in the face a la Ray Rice. Your career is fucking over. That's not even kneeling or standing for something like Colin Kaepernick getting kicked out of the league. No, no, no. You niggas want to be stupid, stupid, and then be like, damn, my bad. I fucked up. And that, to me, all goes back to the American education system and these bum-ass college coaches not giving a fuck about anything you do off the field as long as you maintain it and perform it on the field, a la Aaron Hernandez. The NFL is littered with these stories, and it all starts at these bum-ass institutions that make billions of dollars off of these kids and don't give a fuck what happens to them. And these kids learn shit. Go to the NFL, where it's a grown man league, with grown men trying to feed their families, and these little niggas keep acting up. Y'all niggas is fucking this shit up for the majority. By looking like a bunch of assholes. And right now, with Black Lives Matter movement going on and all this social justice and social reform trying to get done, you niggas need to stop the fuckery and just stay in your hotel, stay in your mansions, and stay out of fucking trouble. Move your mama into your house. Move your father into your house. And if you don't got a mama or a father, find a funker uncle. Find a grandma. Find somebody that's going to keep your ass in check. Because if I keep hearing these stupid ass fucking stories year after year after year about knuckleheads and the NFL not knowing how to just do your fucking job and be professional, I swear to God, I'm going to yamo not pick you on my fantasy football league, even if it's going to cost me money. Because that's the only thing I could do to you because I'm one man with a podcast and no sponsors. And it's devastating to me that you niggas could sponsor me. And I won't even expect your money because I can't accept money from knuckleheads. I just can't do it. So stop with the fuckery. Be professional. So I can pick you in fantasy football along with millions of other men that play fantasy football. And for shout out to the women that play fantasy football as well. Y'all are real G's out here. Especially if you cooking and then playing fantasy football. Wow. Wow. You, y'all are just doing it. Women. Me too movement all day. That's not sexist. That's... You being a G, you cooking. That's that's a rare commodity. I cook and play fantasy football. You're not a woman unless you haven't told me something all these years later. <laughs> don't don't yo. If you Marisha, don't even tell me, nigga. <laughs> that's not my fault. That's Jesus Christ's mistake. <laughs> don't tell me, fam. Nah, tell me offline. You want to tell me in private, we'll be fine. You can't tell me on the Scrap Cave, though, because it'll just crush people all across the country. Anyway, that's my spiel, and I'm sticking to it. Fucking NFL football players, get your shit together. Yo, white quarterbacks, help these guys out, man. Stop being a bunch of dicks and being so selfish, Drew Brees. Fucking asshole. You can't apologize your way out of the dumb shit you say. You done fucked up. We know who you are now. We know. We know. We don't care when it comes to fantasy football, but we know. That's why you're not a first-round pick. Fuck you. All right, we out. We'll be back in a minute. Blazers still getting the ass whooped. I didn't forget the sponsors. The sponsors forgot about us. Well, baby, basketball is still king. The bubble is still everything that we needed. Shout out to the NBA. Thank you to everybody that's been out in the bubble doing their thing and being quarantined this whole time. We still have zero positive tests. We have no false testing. So thank you very much for everything you guys are doing. NBA. Everybody that works for the NBA, including the reporters, all the players. And hopefully when their families get out there, everything stays tranquil and stays cool. And their families get to have a good time being in a bubble, chilling in the resorts, bowling, fishing, golfing, swimming with their parents. That'll be a dope experience for the kids. NBA, man, you guys are doing it. So, playoffs are in full swing. First round is doing the damn thing. The Raptors took care of business. Swept the Nets. But the Nets gave a hell of a fight. Shock Vaughn did his thing as a coach, man. He had those boys playing hard as per usual. Shout out to Chucky, uh, to Kenny Atkins for uh, 
you know, setting the tone and setting the uh, culture that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to go ahead and fuck up in the near future. Um, but the Nets played hard, man. Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert was a problem, guys. In the bubble and in the playoffs, Karis LeVert did his thing. He was a star among stars on the Nets side. The, the entire offense ran through him. But the problem with him was that I think for the future, the ball was in his hands the whole time. He ran a point. He started the offense. And I just don't think that that's going to be the third banana that Kyrie and KD are looking for. Um, because that kid doesn't deserve to take a backseat to nobody, especially considering that his uh, beginning of his se- uh, of his career has been riddled with a bunch of injuries. And I think that kid deserves to go somewhere, be the number one or number two player on a team, get his money while he can, and uh, show out. Because that kid can definitely become a star in the league. And you know what? With the right coach and the right system around him and the right players, that kid can actually become a superstar as well. So shout out to Karis Devere for showing out. And to Jacques Vaughn for being a great coach and uh, coaching a team that he knew was going to get swept anyway because the Raptors were just too much for them. The Raptors with their defense, uh, with their offense, with their great coaching and just their great system in general. I just think the Raptors, they already knew what it was to begin with, but they took care of business and they move on to the next round. So good job, Raptors. We'll see you in round two, baby, uh, against most likely the Celtics, who also took care of business and swept the Philadelphia 76ers because Philadelphia is trash, trash. I'm in the market. I'm in the market. I know they are. And they're tight. Brett Brown, gone already. Brett Brown is officially gone, gone. So shout out to Elton Brand for letting him go, even though I'm sure that decision was made above Elton Brand's head. And now we're going to see what happens with Embiid and Simmons. My prediction is Embiid gets traded for a package of players. And that may or may not work out, considering if they can get rid of Horford's contract, which is trash. And so is Tobias Harris' or Tobias Harris contract, also trash. But who the hell wants any of those guys on those contracts? I wouldn't. I'll tell you that much. Tobias Harris can't do anything in the playoffs. Listen, and Al Horford is... Let go of Embiid and Uh-oh. trade somebody else with him. That's my engineer's prediction. The only way they do that. The only way they do that. I think they got a lot of work to do. I don't know if Ellen Brand's the man to do it, to get that team right. But I put my money on Ben Simmons being the guy who leads that team moving forward. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the 76ers and what the fallout is. Um, Reports are there's going to be a ton of shakeup within the front office. Ellen Brand is not expected to lose his job and to retain, you know, his GM title and control of all basketball decisions, but there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking uh, in that organization because the process is completely over and that shit was unsuccessful given the results. They have been to zero finals. They have zero rings and a lot of their players or ex-players, I should say, are balling in the bubble. You got Markel Fultz and Vujovic showing out for Orlando, doing the damn thing. Covington is looking real solid. For the Rockets, even though, you know, that battle, that series is a battle, but he's still balling, and these are three guys that they had. They traded away. Nolan's Noel is doing his thing with the Thunder as a backup. He was a high draft pick, but he came in with injury concerns, and he's been healthy ever since he left Philadelphia. He's a serviceable big man, man. He's, he's doing what he had to do, and that's not even to mention the people they could have had, Jason Tatum, and a slew of other people if they would have just drafted better. But the process worked out until it didn't. Brian Colangelo helped destroy that even more. And now the 76ers are back at square one with a center who has his own sneaker for zero reason. And he's fat and he's lazy and he can't carry a team or motivate a team. That's already proven. Now they got rid of their head coach. They have a roster that doesn't work. And they're going fishing and on vacation super early. So good job, 76ers. You have officially been eliminated and all the weakest link goodbye clippers and mavericks luka Doncic, man that kid because he's a kid is showing the fuck out in the bubble he is single-handedly making people realize just how nice he's been since he was 15 years old because he's been playing professionally since he was 15 years old in what is worldly renowned as the second best league in the world behind the NBA. This dude has been balling. So for everybody who 
didn't draft him for concerns of whatever reason. Sacramento Kings, idiots. Phoenix Suns, I don't care what DeAndre Ian becomes, idiots. And Atlanta Hawks, even though Trey Young is, 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 is a problem, he ain't Luka, idiots. The tape didn't lie, man. You guys had all the tape you needed. He showed you what he was this whole time. And now in the bubble, he is showing the entire country that this dude is a problem and will be a face or the co-face of the league for years to come. My man has Harden's little step back at 6'8". Just as strong as Harden, in my opinion, getting to the basket. Not as quick, but just as crafty, man. And that guy has the Euro step obviously down to a fucking tee because he's been doing it for forever. He's hitting big shot after big shot. And last night, without Porzingis there, that kid on one ankle, one ankle, busted the Clippers' ass. He's averaging damn near a triple-double. And he's telling you about it while he does it. So shout out to Luka Doncic for doing the damn thing and being what we thought you were. It's beautiful to watch, man. I look forward to seeing your career continuing Hopefully blossom into more and more. And I hope, I hope you guys pull the upset off and eliminate the Clippers because it'll just be great, great, great television and a ton of great articles to read. The other side of this uh, intriguing series that is by far the best series in the bubble right now, Paul George, a.k.a. Playoff P. Now, that P could take on a whole bunch of different meetings with the way his ass is playing right now. We're not going to do that on this podcast, but I'm going to tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that he's clutching the playoffs. And you know what? Post-injury Paul George is pretty trash in the playoffs. Now, pre-injury Paul George was a problem with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, Roy Hibbert. Yeah, Lance Stevenson. That team was constantly giving Miami Heat trouble. And for a minute there, people thought, okay, cool, when LeBron leaves, if LeBron leaves, that's going to be the team that takes over in the East and, you know, is always there in the finals year in and year out. If they would have just kept the quarterback together and Hibbert would have not vanished from the league and completely forgot to play basketball, apparently. But that's neither here nor there. Pre-injury, Paul George deserved the sneaker. He deserved the playoff P mantra because he was going at LeBron and Wade with no fear at all, putting up great numbers Forcing game sixes, game sevens, and series after series against the Heat. Post-injury, Paul George is trash. I don't care what nobody says. He is trash when it matters. In the regular season, when he's playing and he's not on some low management bullshit, he's a problem. He's a problem and he deserves his contract. And I can understand why pairing him with Kawhi was something Kawhi wanted. But postseason PG-13 is trash he's not doing a damn thing offensively he's not doing anything defensively which is kind of crazy because that's one thing you could always depend on him on if his shot wasn't going down if he wasn't being aggressive or just didn't have it on offense defensively he was doing his thing and he's getting his ass busted by whoever he's guarding because Seth Curry was putting it on him on a few plays yesterday and letting his ass know about it shout out to Seth the shoe Nope, sous chef. Yep, there you go. The sous chef. Curry. If Steph Curry is the chef, then he's definitely the sous chef because he's out here balling. And this is the second playoffs that he's done it because he did it last year with the play with the Blazers. And that's how he got the contract that he got with the Mavericks this year. So shout out to Steph for doing his damn thing and for we treating us on a podcast. We appreciate you. But man, Paul George, man, you looking suspect, bro. And I don't know what it is. It looks mental. It looks physical. I think it's more mental than physical at this point because you're not hobbling. You say your shoulders are healthy. So all reports are you're healthy, but you look like trash. And the Mavericks are doing a great job of continuing to make you look like trash. And you're doing a hell of a job yourself of making yourself look like even more trash. So I know you were sending that tweet out the other day where you don't give a fuck about what people say about you. You don't care about none of that. You just do you. Well, if doing you is this, then bro... Lou Magic City Williams is being way more consistent as a six-man than you are as the hand-picked Robin to Kawhi Leonard. That's right, because Kawhi Leonard could have stayed with the Raptors, who he won a championship with, who have a great front office, who had a team that was young, 
and built around him to thrive just like it did last year when they won the championship. The Warriors weren't 100% healthy because they wouldn't have won it if they were. But nonetheless, they're still the champs. They won. They have Pascal Siakam doing his damn thing, showing himself out to be a great number two. And you even requested from Ashaya Jiri that he trade for Paul George. Jerry asked. They said, you want Paul George? We want Siakam. He was like, nah, we good. We're going to keep him. And it showed why he's such a great executive because he was right. Paul George is trash in the playoffs. Pascal Siakam is the guy on his team that's playing offense and defense and getting buckets, still getting his numbers in the playoffs around, you know, as well as Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, who's unfortunately hurt right now, but it doesn't matter. You have time to rest. But, man, he's proven that he's a better, more consistent right now playoff option than Playoff P, who is out here looking like a shell of himself. So I don't know what the hell is going on with that. But, bro, get your shit together because they need you. Kawhi needs you. And you're not on nothing but a three-year contract because that fourth year is not guaranteed, bro. So get your shit together. That's an intriguing series, though. Tied up 2-2. Can't wait to see Game 5. Cannot wait. Nuggets and Jazz. Man, the Jazz are up 3-1. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Nobody expected this. Nobody. The Nuggets were heavily favored. Me and my boy Joel have been constantly shitting on Spider Mitchell for having his own shoe without deserving it and doing nothing outside of that one playoff series where he eliminated the Rockets. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm eating it right now because my man is definitely balling out. Him and Murray are going at it back and forth, but he has been hella clutch, making all the right he's plays. I'm just saying he's nice, though. He's super nice, though. He's super, And he's doing it. He's doing it. Me and Joel have been shitting on him for forever. He's still nice, though. He's still nice. Spider Mitchell, baby. He's doing it. He's doing it. The Jazz are doing it. Connolly is coming after game one. And he showed how much he means to this team now and how much he meant to them and how much they missed him in game one because he's been busting ass since he got back. They are out here. They're outplaying the Nuggets in every way, shape, or form. And mind you, the Nuggets are stacked, guys. Jamal Murray, Jokic, you got Porter Jr. balling. You got Grant coming out, doing his thing. You got Plumlee off the bench. You got Dozier doing his thing. Man, you got Morris off the bench. Like, that roster is deep as hell and they have no answer for spider they have no answer for Connolly, and they're getting their ass just straight up busted and it's beautiful to watch it's completely unexpected and i love it i love it hopefully the nuggets come back and make this a series but right now my man spider you deserve your sneakers bro and you you have my respect my man i will no longer talk shit about you or your sneakers or your contract or the fact that you have a nickname, and you have done nothing outside of one player series. So shout out to you. Shout out to the Bucks taking a three-one lead today. Good job. I thought the Magic were going to tie the series up at two. That was my prediction before the game started. And honestly, for three quarters, they looked great. And I thought that Giannis, this was going to be the game that Giannis was like, "Nah, I can't do this no more. I need to get the fuck out of the Bucks because y'all were really." Letting the Magic hang in there. Depleted roster. They got no Gordon. They got no Michael Carter-Williams. Mo Bamba's gone. And Markel Fultz and Vujovic was just doing the damn thing. Keeping a minute for three quarters. Shout out to Markel Fultz. Fultz, come back. Could have been with the 76ers, but they lost patience for no reason at all. Because this city has fucking unrealistic expectations for all their sports. And they just destroy people's everything. So, good job for Markel Fultz. Getting the hell out of Philadelphia, good job, Orlando, scooping him. Great trade. Great job for his career. And you guys have given us some great, great effort. But the Bucks have a commanding 3-1 lead today. And I think the Bucks are going to close it out, man. But that, that next series, if the Bucks can get past the series and they can get to the second round against who? The Miami Heat, who swept the Pacers today. Ooh, that's going to be a good series because Giannis has... Not fared well against the Miami Heat, their defense. And I'm going to tell you what, man. Miami, they took care of business today against Indiana. Indiana gave it a good uh, college try. But uh, they just 
too much, man. Too much Bam Adebayo. Tyler Hero was out here balling, balling, looking super confident. They didn't even need Duncan Robinson in the fourth quarter. You had Drogic doing his thing. Jimmy Butler picking his spots. And my man Kendrick Nunn got back into the swing of things today. And he was balling, just being the consistent rookie that he's been all season. I'm going to tell you what, guys. I'm going with the Heat over the Bucks in six games. That's my prediction. Jimmy Butler sent Joel and beat a text. Tell him he missed him. And tell him to swing that and come over next year. And I'm going to tell you what. Pat Riley might get him. Pat Riley might get him, man. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. It'd be interesting. I don't think, I don't wouldn't like it me personally because I want, I want Bam and, I want Bam out of bio to just continue to eat and continue to grow and have the space to grow. But listen, man, never count out the heat. Jimmy Butler's already said they're going to get a star this year, guaranteed. So it's going to be interesting what that offseason looks like. But that second round matchup, that looks like it's going to happen with the Heat and the Bucks. Man, oh man, that is going to be a fun, 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 fun series to watch. Speaking of fun series, the Thunder and the Rockets, guys, are tied at two. Westbrook still has not played a game in the series. James Harden, he's doing everything he can, man. He's doing everything he can. But I'm going to tell you what, that Houston Rockets offense, is so bad in the fourth quarter. It was driving me and my dad crazy today. These guys, at one point, missed about 20 straight threes in a row and continued to fucking shoot and not shoot like corner threes, which is the shortest threes you can take on the floor. Nah, 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 nah. These dudes shooting 30, 40 foot three-pointers. Why? Why? There's no big men on the floor. The Thunder goes small to match up with your lineup. And instead of going to the cup because you don't have anybody outside of Harden and fucking Gordon on the court at the same time to go to the cup, you guys are chucking threes off of whatever kickouts you get from Harden. And when you're not hitting your threes, your ass looks suspect. And that's not even to take away from them that they were playing hella good defense, which is surprising for the Rockets. But this whole series, they've been playing really good defense. But their two losses, man, they get they get cold at some point and they don't. Change it up and get some motion in the offense and start driving to the cup. No, they just continue to hope Harden gets fouled and take ridiculous ass three after ridiculous ass three. And now they're tied 2-2 against a Thunder team that's young. They got that small guard lineup with Schroeder, Alexander, Chris Paul. Then they put Gallinari in there. And then the fifth guy, it's whoever's hot. This, this, today was Dort. Dort was doing a great defensive job on Harden, staying in front of him, putting his body on him, which he has like a P.J. Tucker type body, but he's a little little bit more uh, agile than he is at this point in his career. And I'm telling you what, man, they're causing them problems. Those guys stayed in the game the whole time. Chris Paul came through clutch at the end of the, in the fourth quarter like he always does, has the most clutch points in the league this year so far. And you know what? Now there's life. And there's life on a neutral court. And people are getting exposed on a neutral court. You got your stars that are showing out to be stars. You got some guys that are showing that they may be too hyped and can't do shit when there's no home crowd behind them. And then you got some guys that are making themselves some, some money showing that, yeah, listen, I can be dependent on. I can, I can come and do this when all things are created equal and I don't have to worry about travel. I don't have to worry about people booing me and fans saying crazy shit to me. It's, it's interesting, man, but I'm going to tell you what. The Thunder, this game five, whoever wins this game five is going to win the series. That's my prediction. Whoever wins game five is going to win the series. And my money is on an angry-ass, vegan diet, Chris Paul, and Schroeder because they had no answer for Schroeder today. Shea Gilgis Alexander was quiet. He had a good game overall, but he was quiet. But Schroeder, in the end, the fourth quarter was just blowing past people and getting to the rim at will. Chris Paul was pulling up for his little free throw line extended jump shots, and James Harden was gassed, y'all. He was absolutely gassed. And even though Westbrook had a nice little outfit in memory of Kobe Bryant on the sidelines, his ass was on the sidelines, not helping his team. Dan Tony didn't do nothing to switch up that offense, as he never does. And despite them playing good defense and hanging in there, in the end, they blew it. They absolutely blew it, y'all. The playoffs have been interesting, man. The playoffs have been interesting. Right now, 
The Lakers are up 129-104 on the Blazers. We don't even have to wait for that game to finish. That shit is over. The Blazers won one game. The Lakers woke the fuck up. And they have been putting the clamps on them defensively ever since. Dame Dollar can't breathe, man. He can't breathe. Feelings are boiling over today. Melo's about to try to fight Dwight Howard, which my money's on Melo all day, every day, because I think Dwight Howard is not about that life. But I'm going to tell you what. It's a wrap for the Blazers, guys. I, I hope they can at least force the game six after taking this L today, but I just don't see. I think they just they just ran out of energy. They ran out of... They just didn't have enough, man. That Zach Collins injury really hurt them, really took away something they needed in this series, which was a big man that could stretch the floor and get them some threes because you're depending on Nurkic and you're depending on Whiteside to be your two bigs, and Whiteside can't do shit but block a jump, block a shot. And if he's not blocking the shot, he's pretty much useless on the court. So shout out to the Blazers for giving it the good old college try as well. But I think your ass about to get eliminated, which sucks. But you also were jinxed by Bubba Chuck on TNT with his I guarantee that they were going to win. And all he did was guarantee that they ass would lose, which Shaq told him he was going to jinx him. And he did. And he did, man. The one problem I have with the NBA, though, and this whole bubble shit... We don't know what a walk is, guys. We don't know what travel is anymore. When I was growing up, it was two steps and shoot. Two steps and shoot. Put the ball down before you take a step. When you catch the ball off of a pass from somebody else, you're allowed two steps, and then your ass got to shoot. These guys are getting three and a half steps, and then maybe they shoot. Maybe they pass. Maybe they get hit and claim they got fouled, and nobody calls shit. These guys get two plus steps and then a two-step gather, a.k.a. the Euro step, after taking their two steps. That's why these step backs are so deadly because how the hell can you guard four steps? They don't call fouls. They don't call fucking travels. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Like At least in the 90s, you knew you was going to get away with a lot of shit. You was going to be physical. Things weren't going to get called on both sides of the ball. But now, you can't touch somebody. You can't argue a call. You can't look somebody in the face and tell them how you just shitted on them because you're going to get a technical foul. You can't hard foul somebody, so everybody's getting M1s left and right because if it's too hard of a foul, then it's a flagrant one, which is completely fucking ridiculous. And now on top of all that shit, nobody's calling travels. So now people are literally getting the ball at half court and on their Giannis shit, without the length of Giannis, without the long steps of Giannis, these guys are taking maybe one step less than Giannis, or one step more, sorry, than Giannis, and getting to the cup in the same amount of time because nobody's calling a fucking walk, and it's mind-blowing. So NBA, please, 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 please get your shit together with that. Call some more travel so we can keep it at least a little honest and let these guys talk shit to each other because it's phenomenal when people are just telling each other how they just busted each other's ass. It's, it's just the greatest thing ever. Absolutely greatest thing ever. But shout-out to the NBA, man. You guys are doing it. You guys are keeping us entertained. These games are extremely well played. They're extremely, extremely entertaining. And for the most part, the refs are staying out of it and letting these guys just figure it out. And we're seeing some great basketball. And we've already seen some future stars showing out, even though they've been eliminated. D-Book, John Morant, and a host of others. And we're seeing some, some guys that are still in it. Luka. It's all about Luka right now, yo. Everybody else don't even matter. It's all about Luka. Jamal Murray's doing his thing as well, though. But Luka is out here doing a damn thing. Spider Mitchell is cementing himself as a superstar, which is dope. And we're going to get even better basketball in the second round and in the finals. It's going to be fantastic, especially when these dudes get their families in the bubble. And now they can see their kids. They can see their wives. They don't have to sneak nobody in with Mad Para, a la the Seahawks player, you idiot. They don't have to do none of that. They can just follow the rules, be with their families, and ball out every other day. It's been absolutely fantastic. So thank you, NBA, for doing your thing. And thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast today. I know it's been a minute, but we're back, and we'll be back to our regularly scheduled post. I swear there won't be a fan in the next one. Where, yeah, I promise. I promise. And I promise you I won't take another vacation until at least another five episodes are put up and recorded. Shout out to Seth Curry for retweeting us the other day. Sue Chef, baby, that is your nickname. I'm sticking to it. We're going to try to get 
my man Luka Doncic to acknowledge his Baba Yaga nickname that I have dubbed him from John Wick because he is not the boogeyman. He's the motherfucker you send to kill the boogeyman. That's right. I said it. Yup. That's his nickname. So we're going to keep on. going to keep on adding him on Twitter. So see, hopefully he can retweet us and acknowledge that nickname. And we out here, y'all. We out here. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on everything. Scrap Cave. You already know what it is. Shout out to my pops for being here for episode six. That's pretty cool. He let me curse. Thank you, dad. Appreciate you. He'll probably kick my ass later because he told me not to curse earlier. But, you know, I do what I do. Shout out to my engineer for letting me come over. We tried to figure some shit out, but it didn't work. His cheeks are as rosy as uh, Santa Claus right now because we got that Terramana. Shout out to The Rock and the Terramana. And New York for having ridiculous prices on Terramana. $27 a bottle. $35 a bottle. It's cheaper over there? It depends on where you go. It depends on where you go. Where I found it at was normal prices, but the fact that you could find it was great because Pennsylvania is hating on The Rock. We're not hating on you, The Rock. I keep giving you my money, baby. You are one of the people that I sponsored today as well as... Oh, you know what? You're the only person I sponsored today because I spent the whole day in my house with my parents and my dogs off of my vacation. So I didn't spend no money. So I didn't sponsor nobody today. But Terramana. Damn, I ain't getting no sponsors still. I ain't sponsoring nobody besides Terramana. Sorry, y'all. I just, I failed you guys on my usual witty retorts with who we spend our money on and who doesn't give us their money in return. I promise you I will spend recklessly this week and I will have some individuals that we sponsored, a.k.a. gave our money to, big corporate. Shout out to you guys for taking all of our money. Fuck you guys. But you guys are doing a damn thing, keeping us alive. So I appreciate you. And thank you guys for uh, tuning in. You already know what it is. Stay safe. Stay blessed. And mask up, y'all. Episode 6 is done. It's a wrap. Stop texting me. We back, yo. We back.